Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Today is week six of Love is Our Logo. And our passage of scripture is found in Luke chapter seven. And by the way, if you ever want to read just a great passage of scripture, read Luke chapter seven. I want to do a whole series on Luke chapter seven. There's so many stories outlined in Luke chapter seven. And I want to read this to you. It's verse 11 through 17. And it says shortly afterward, Jesus left on a journey for the village of Nain with a massive crowd of people following him along with his disciples. As he approached the village, he met a multitude of people in a funeral procession who were mourning and they were carrying the body of a young man to the cemetery. The boy was with his, the boy was his mother's only son and she was a widow. Verse 13, when the Lord saw the grieving mother, his heart broke for her. Another translation tells us, He had compassion over her. With great tenderness, he said to her, please don't cry. Then he stepped up to the coffin and touched it. And when the pallbearers came to a halt, Jesus said to the corpse, young man, I say to you, arise and live. Verse 15, it says, immediately the young man moved, sat up and spoke to those nearby. And Jesus presented the son to his mother alive. I want to talk to you about this word compassion. Our title to today's message, if you're taking notes, uh, just put this right now in the comment section. I want you to type compassion, your pain in my heart. Compassion, your pain in my heart. I want to pray for today's message. Help me pray. Heavenly Father, we we come before you, Lord, thanking you, God, because you're an amazing God. I pray, Lord, that this word that we share today on this subject of compassion, oh God, would really resonate with our hearts today. It really penetrate our hearts, Lord. Uh, thank you that I have the privilege of pastoring such an amazing church. I get to speak to our church, even if it be through online means. Lord, and I get to be the father to some amazing children and the husband to the most amazing, hottest, gorgeous looking wife on the planet. I get to be married to the hottest mama on the world. In Jesus name, amen and amen. I think growing up, many of us will agree that we all had uh, our favorite superhero. Like some of us had superheroes like our favorite superhero was maybe Batman and and some of us it was Superman some of us had our favorite superheroes from the Marvel camp and some of us had superheroes from the DC comics camp and and we all had our favorite favorite superheroes I my favorite superheroes had to come from the Bible because according to my dad all the superheroes of outside the Bible were of the devil, so they were villains, right? So we couldn't have superheroes that were not found in the Bible. But today I want to talk to you about a real life superhero. I just want to just uh, highlight or honor a real life superhero, and, and that's my mom. And when I look at my mom, she has so many uh, attributes and, and that can parallel to the, the superheroes of the Bible because 
When I think about my mom, she was like David because on so many occasions she would confront the bullies, AKA Goliath in my life. Uh, mom would also, uh, she was like Samson because man, there were some times that she demonstrated that she had some superhuman strength. Uh, she was also like Moses because anytime you disobeyed, she would give you the choice of life or death in the belt. You know what I'm talking about? And I promise you, listen to me, I promise you that my mom was kind of like the Virgin Mary because till this day, mom would say, <laughs> till this day, mom would say that the youngest of four boys, Reuben, was the immaculate conception. She'll tell you like, listen, I don't know because me and your father, I'm like, mom, TMI, TMI. But she was a superhero and mom, I just wanna say happy Mother's Day. And I think so many mothers can relate to this message that is about a mother. We can relate to this message even in a series of Love is Our Logo because we can learn from this interaction. I, I wanna give you a few observation into today's message because you see this interaction between a mother and Jesus and how Jesus responds to a mother who just lost her son. This interaction between Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus had compassion for her. And before we dive into the meat of this message, I, I wanna give you a few observations. I wanna give you some context to the text, right? I wanna. Uh, I want you to write this down. Here's the first thing I want you to write, write down is, is the crowds, the crowds, the crowds. Write that down. Put that in the comment section right now. It was the crowds, the crowds, right? The Bible tells us this. It says, shortly afterwards, Jesus left on a journey for the village of Nain with a massive crowd of people following him alongside with his disciples. And as he approached the village, he met a multitude of people in a funeral procession who were mourning and carrying the body of a young man in the cemetery. The Bible makes it clear that there's a, you dive into this text, there's two sets of crowds. You have a crowd that the Bible will describe as, describe as a massive crowd, but then you have another crowd that the Bible describes as a multitude of people. You have two distinct crowds. You have one crowd who is following Jesus. Now, just to give you more context, in verse 11, it says shortly afterwards, because what happened before was that this crowd who was following Jesus, Jesus has just declared to this crowd how astonished he was of the faith of a centurion. Jesus is completely blown away because at that time, uh, I want to call it like a long distance miracle. Right, Jesus performs a social distancing miracle. Like, this is a long distance miracle. He, 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 he's approached by this Roman centurion and he says, please, Jesus, heal my, my servant. My servant is sick. He, he was a compassionate um, man of authority. He says, my servant is sick and, and I need you to heal him. And Jesus picks up his bags and he's ready to go to the centurion's house. Now this is key because, because he encounters this woman, but he would have been on the way to this man, but what this man does, he said, nah, Jesus, you can't come to my crib. My crib is not ready. My crib is not done. It's not worthy of you to come to my house. I haven't made anything like just, you can't come to the crib right now. But I know that if you just say the word, oh, that'll preach by itself, won't it? He says, if you just say the word, just say the word and I know my servant will be healed. And what does Jesus do? He, he releases the word. He says, your servant will be healed. And the word releases the word 
And then the centurion gets the word that at that precise moment, his servant was healed. Now, Jesus is awestruck by the faith of this man, but also the faith is filling the crowd in which Jesus sits in, right? So this crowd is now, they have just seen an incredible miracle. They just saw Jesus be in awe of, of, of the faith of another person, right? And, and they're filled with faith. They're filled with excitement. They're filled with energy. They are just enthusiastic about life right now because they just saw a servant who was sick possibly for years now restored. That's one crowd, but then there's another crowd and this crowd is not like that crowd. Oh no, this crowd, there's two crowds and this crowd is the opposite of that crowd. This crowd is not joyful. This crowd is not excited. In fact, it's, it's quite the opposite. This crowd is mourning. This crowd is, is weeping. This crowd is hurting. One crowd is, is full of faith, but the other crowd is full of sorrow. One crowd is, is, is following the man who gives life, but the other crowd is following a dead man. There's one crowd that, that has just seen the restoration of life, and there's another crowd that has just seen the departure of life. There's one crowd that is full of hope and expectancy, but there's another crowd that is hopeless and feels helpless. There is one crowd who has just seen the power of God, but there is another crowd who has seen the epitome of human pain because this mother has lost her son. And yet a radical encounter comes where life is meeting death. These two crowds collide where power is meeting pain, where where faith is meeting sorrow and within this crowd that the Bible describes in the passion, tra passion translation as a multitude of people was a hurting woman. And, and this is what the Bible, this is how the Bible describes this hurting woman. It says they carried the body of a young man to the cemetery and the boy was his mother's only son and she was a widow. Now, there's so many layers of pain that this mother is dealing with. The Bible tells us that, it tells us this small little detail. It says that she was a widow. Now, why is that important? Because as, as it means that her husband died. And that means that her provider also died. Because in that culture, women were not able to work. And so the man was the provider of the home. And so she had possibly been been um, rendered to having to ask for money. Not only her provider died, but it was her protector, her life partner, her protector. So it suggests to us that it could be that this, this mother may have been taken advantage of by others because she was a widow. But the husband leaves, us a, leaves her a gift. It's, it's a firstborn son, it's her only son. And, and, and when you have a son in the ancient world, I mean, your son was your legacy. Your son was your promise. From an economical standpoint, this son was her security. This son was her future. It, 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 there was, it was her hope. It was where she had her faith in her security of her future lied in the promise of her son because at that time, the son by the age of 13 would have already been trained, trained in a trade to bring a source of income to the house. And, and the Bible says that this son dies. I just want to stop. This has nothing to, today, to do with today's message, but I want to stop here for a moment. And I want to say like, 
this woman was banking, this woman had a security of her future and that was stripped away from her. And, and have you ever felt like the plans for what you were preparing for were stripped away from you? Have you ever felt like the rug was pulled up from under you? Like you were making these plans, you, you, were, you were good, you were set, and all of a sudden, boom! What just happened? Oh, that, that's 2020, isn't it? That's, that's this year, isn't it? It's 2020, it feels like the rug has been pulled up from under us. I just wanna remind you, I just wanna just take a faith break right here and just wanna remind someone who's listening, maybe you just tuned in, I wanna remind you that the healer is on his way, that the redeemer is on his way. Listen to me, you may not know what tomorrow holds, but I wanna let you know that you can ride secure that Jesus holds your tomorrow. She was in so much pain. She had so many layers of pain, not only the loss of her husband, the loss of her son, but you would think that she wouldn't be alone because she was in a crowd, but you would just need to understand the basics of Jewish culture in that time to know that part of the funeral expenses included professional mourners. And she was surrounded by people who were weeping, but in fact, they were there because they were professional mourners. Uh, which, which, which means that she was surrounded, but she was still alone. And I think that that's fitting for mothers because mothers, I mean, sometimes we're surrounded, but let's be honest, mothers, you, how many times do you feel alone even though you could be surrounded by a crowd? I mean, I mean, there were people around her, but they were around her not because they cared, not because they had compassion, but because they had their own selfish or self-interest in mind. They were getting paid. And I think like as, as uh, many mothers can relate to this moment and it can get lonely getting up every single day, trying to raise a family with a mother's touch. It can get lonely waking up and getting your kids dressed. It can get lonely trying to be a mathematician in these days and learning common core math. It can get lonely trying to bring in an income and still trying to for, pursue your purpose and still trying to be a good wife and still trying to try trying to raise a family it can get lonely where you are surrounded by people but it just seems like the people around you have their own self-interest in mind and and it feels lonely and this is where this mother is at she is lonely she is hurting she is wounded and here's the second observation i want you to write down write this down it's it's the crowds but it's it's the compassion my second observation today is the compassion because what you see is that Jesus identifies her as the mother. Now, I want, you to, I want you to hear this today because no one told Jesus that this was the mother. Jesus points her out. Jesus sees her and he sees us and he knows. And I want to tell you, mother, today that, that are watching, he sees you and he knows. He sees her and no one says, hey, Jesus, this is mom Duke's right? No, he sees us and he, he sees her and he knows, and I don't know, I don't know if it was the tears running down her face. I don't know if it was the redness in her eyes. I don't know if it was the grief in her countenance. I don't know if it was the stammering of her lips. I don't know if it was the gasping in her breath. I don't know if it was the cracking in her voice. I don't know if it was the weight of sorrow slumping down her shoulders. I don't know, but he knew that, that was mom. He knew that that was mom and he, she never asked for help. 
Ooh, that's mom, isn't it? Quintessential mom. She never goes, Jesus, my son is dead. Help! That's like mom, isn't it? We can be inundated with sorrow and grief and still yet to ask for help. He never asks for help, but he doesn't allow the lack of words to compel him to move. Here's what the Bible tells us. It says that when the Lord saw the grieving mother, his heart broke for her. He had compassion. His heart broke for her. He had compassion for her. And with great tenderness to, he said to her, please don't cry. This, this Jesus, he had compassion. The Bible says that he, his heart broke. And I think the evidence that love is our logo is that our hearts would break for people. I think that the evidence that love is our logo is that we would have compassion for people. And when it comes to the conversation of compassion, let's be honest, like when it comes to this word compassion, in many senses, we have watered down its human expression. We have watered down the human connection of compassion. If we were honest for these moments, we would, we would admit that we live in a self-centered culture. Self-centeredness is, is on the rise right now. And, and what it's doing, it's blinding people from caring for one another's cares. It's blinding people from caring from one another's feelings. It's blinding people from caring from other people's situation. It's blinding people from caring for other people's personal condition. It's this self-centered culture we have gone as far as humans treating other humans less than human. And in our country in particular, America, it's, it's even been reported that compassion and empathy and pity and mercy is dramatically, it has dramatically declined in the last two decades. Which means that that our ability to display for concern and care for someone else in distress has tanked in the last 20 years. And, and facetiously and, 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 and humorously, people have even called it EDD, you know, not, not ADD or HD, but, but EDD, uh, which is empathy deficiency disorder, which, which suggests to us the inability to step outside yourself and tune into what other people experience. It's, it's the inability to step outside oneself and tune into what other people are experiencing. And what this is doing that it's causing misunderstanding, it's causing tension, it's causing turmoil and division with anyone who simply experiences life differently. And, and I think it's because so much of this world, let's be honest, so much of this world has promoted and has, has been focused on, on personal success. So much of this world is about self-improvement and so much of this world is about selfish ambition and self-absorption and self-fulfillment. And let's be honest, if we're not careful, it, it seeps into the church. And now we're, we're in the church and it's somehow we're like we're hearing messages about self-fulfillment and self-improvement and, and we're teaching and preaching about accomplishing your goals instead of serving others 
It's about reaching our destiny instead of lending a helping hand. It's about how much we can get and how much we can attain and how much we can prosper rather than how much we can give. And psychologists have told us that one of the most wonderful and rewarding experiences in the human connection is, is compassion. It's being able to step outside your world and into the world of someone else. We live in a world where technology, on a technical level, we're connected, but on a human level, we are so disconnected. And, and, and when you don't connect to people, the end result is that you try to control people. And I want to be, you ever wonder why people try to control people is that you can't connect to them. And I want to be honest, the reason that many people can't connect to people is because they can't step outside themselves to tune into the concern and see life through the world, see the world through the eyes of someone else. This is compassion. Compassion requires for you to step out into someone else's reality and experience life from their vantage point. Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus, his heart broke and overflowed with compassion. It broke and it flowed, it overflowed with compassion, which suggests to us that he stepped into this woman's shoes. And if he would have done that on any other day, it would have been, it would have been amazing. It would have been admirable. But he did it in one of the moments where his world is full of excitement. His world is, is energetic. He had just seen, he was just in awe of the faith of someone else. And, and Jesus steps outside of that world of excitement and energy and enthusiasm. And he steps into the world where there is sorrow and mourning and grief. And he steps into her shoes. See, this word compassion is, I looked it up in the original Greek language, this word compassion. Uh, we translate the original language to this word compassion. But the word in which we translate from the Greek into English is this word splachnizama. I try to say that without spitting. Splachnizama. Splachnizama. When, when the Bible says, when the Lord saw the grieving mother, his heart broke for her, he had splachnizama. And splachnizama denotes the deepest level of compassion. In the Greek language, there is no other word that describes in depth the emotions that Jesus felt for this widow over the loss of her son. He had compassion for her. The, the word splachnizama, it's the root word is splachna, which literally means internal organs. Which is to say, when you read the word splachnizama or compassion, it's not how we understand it sometimes. It's just like, hey, I feel bad for somebody. No, no. The word splachnizama means this. It says to be moved so deeply by something that you feel it in the pit of your stomach. It's a visceral, gut-wrenching, emotional response that is so strong that we are physically moved into action. He steps outside of his world and he steps into her space. He is compelled to move into action. He is experiencing life from her vantage point. 
She's grieving and he steps into a grieving world. She's mourning and he steps into a mourning world. She's bereaved and he steps into a bereaved world. She is destitute and he steps into her destitution. He steps into her world and she sees that. She sees what she feels in his eyes. Why? Because her pain reached his heart. Well, what is compassion is it's just that. It's your pain in my heart. It's my pain in your heart. It's her pain in his heart. It's his pain in, in their heart. And, and my prayer for our community is that we would not grow so cold and callous where we would not be able to, for a moment, step outside of our world. No matter what's going on in our world, Jesus was, Jesus was in one of the most exciting times of his ministry and one of the most encouraging times to see the faith of another person brought pleasure to Jesus. But in a moment where this woman did not have the faith that the centurion had. This woman did not have the authority that the centurion had. He doesn't send a long distance miracle, but he steps right into her world. Woo! He steps right into her world. And that is my prayer for our church that we would not try to just perform these long distance miracles, but in moments where they are required, when we would see the broken and the bereaved and the hurting and the poor, and we would be able to step into the, their world. His heart broke for her. I pray that our heart would break for others. It says his heart broke for her. Like my, my heart, my heart, when was the last time that our heart was broken for someone? When was the last time that our heart was broken for something? I, like, I know my heart has been broken by someone. My heart has been broken for me. When was the last time that our heart has broke for someone else? When was the last time that my heart has been broken for you? When was the last time that we have truly demonstrated splachnizma, where that it, it, in your pain reaches my heart that it physically moves me into action it just doesn't it's not just a feeling it's a it's a feeling that moves and compels me to movement it's not just watching something on tv and wanting to shut it off because you do not want to experience the feeling but it's embracing that feeling and allowing that feeling to move you. Sometimes I have felt that feeling, I wanna be honest, and I've felt numb. I've just shut it off. I, I'm not gonna allow myself to feel like that. So I shut off the TV, so I shut off the news, so I turn a blind eye. Why? Because I don't wanna feel it. But, but what it is is that you allow that feeling to move you into compassion. And here's the last point I wanna give you, it's the conclusion. It concludes where Jesus, Jesus' fame is spread through the area. The Bible says that the people just saw that Jesus touched this young man and he resurrected him and his fame spreads through the entire area. And that's part of love is our logo that 
that we would use our words to share that God is among us, that God is with, with us. But right before that, there's the, this whole conclusion scene, right? It's Jesus goes to, he goes to the coffin. Now here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that the coffin stopped after he touches the coffin. Ooh! Which means that Jesus saw the, the, the coffin and they just kept going, but Jesus walks towards it and he touches the coffin and that boy rises. Now this is incredible because Jesus even breaks protocol. A rabbi or a teacher of the scriptures was not allowed to touch anything that was dead for he would become unclean, he would become, he would become uh, filthy and he would have to be in quarantine. But Jesus goes to the dead area. What are the dead areas in your life right now that need a touch from Jesus? Maybe it's, maybe it's our compassion that Jesus needs to resurrect today. See, why did he touch the coffin? He touched the coffin because he wanted to. He didn't have to. He just released a long-distance miracle. He didn't have to touch. He could have just said it. But he is so intermingled and intertwined with our concerns and our affairs that he comes to her and he comes to the son and he breaks rabbinical protocol. I want to I want to be honest, like our church for so long has been so married and intertwined with protocol. But Jesus is intertwined with people. Maybe that's why that's maybe that's why you're listening today. Maybe the reason that you're listening today is because there's a collision happening. There is this encounter happening where your life meets his. See, this woman lost her only son, but she encountered the son who God gave up for her. Maybe you're listening today because Jesus can touch whatever needs healing in your life. And maybe just maybe that we've projected on him. Maybe we look at him like, how could Jesus ever, ever, ever be able to relate to me? How could, how could God, maybe you've projected your experiences of people on God and you see God as this God who is not compassionate, who does not care, who who is not intertwined with human affairs, who is really disconnected. Like God is God. All right, maybe I'm not an atheist. Maybe I believe in God or, and you've projected that on, on, on your perspective of people on God. How could God relate to me? It's like, he's not going to become a human being and he's, oh, oh, but he did. He stepped into our world. That's compassion. He saw life from our vantage point. He died the death that we should have died instead of us. And he died not only for us, but instead of, instead of us. And he died as us. He 
he steps into our shoes, he steps into our world, and he sees this woman that lost her son, but now she encounters God, and he's moved with compassion. And today he's moved by what concerns you. What, maybe, maybe what concerns you can be something as great as this woman has experienced, but maybe what concerns you can be something so small as, man, I don't know how I'm gonna make it tomorrow. I don't know if I'm gonna overcome this illness. I don't know if I can get a parking spot. I don't know. From, from the smallest of concerns to the largest of concerns, God is compassionate towards you and his heart is postured towards you. And so just name it and he's concerned with it. Children, he's concerned with it. Family, he's concerned with it. Job, he's concerned with it. Your future, he's concerned with it and he's moved by it. He's, he's moved by it. It concerns him as a loving father. There's so many things that outside of it being a concern for my children, I am not concerned with it at all. But because my children are concerned with it, their concern becomes mine. And your heavenly father is concerned with what you are concerned with. I want to pray for you today and I want to ask you to allow him to reach out his hand in your life and touch that dead area or that area that brings you greatest concern. I want to pray for you. If you are listening to me today and you're saying, Pastor O, would you, would you just pray for me? I, I hear the words that you're sharing and just my heart is is moving right now and I don't know what to do with it and and I don't know where to go I know that I'm I'm being touched by God right now but I just don't know what to do I want to pray for you today and if that's you I'm going to ask you at the count of three to raise your hand but also I want to pray for those that want to encounter this Jesus in which we talk about today if that's you would you at the count of three just lift up your hand let me pray for you one Jesus loves you two he's concerned with what you're concerned with Three, lift up your hand right there where you are. Lift it up. Close your eyes right there. Can I just pray for you? For those that are placing their faith in Jesus, say this prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my heart. I thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. I believe that you died and rose again on the third day. And I give you my life. From this day forth, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, I pray for every life, every life right now that raised their hand, oh God, and their hearts are being touched by you right now, God. Would you touch them right now, Lord? Would you let them know, oh God, that, that they are not alone, that even though they are surrounded by people and feel alone, Lord, that you sit closer than a brother by their side? Lord, that they may know that whatever areas in their life which brings them angst and worry and concern, those are the very things that are, are in, on your mind, oh God. I pray that peace, oh God, will permeate our souls right now in Jesus' name. It's in your name we pray, God. Amen and amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God love people, and love life. 
Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com slash give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.